The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to the show. This is the Better Late Than Never Raider Nation podcast. Welcome to show 524. Talking HBO here, folks. Okay, okay, I know it's been a long time, but uh, Raider Greg's uh, getting old, long in a tooth, whatever. The Oakland Raiders on this Hard Knocks show has been incredibly entertaining. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Just win, baby. And if you haven't watched it, man, you better get some HBO. Go to your friend's house. Have your mom buy it. Whatever you got to do, you got to watch this show. John Gruden is must-watch TV. You know, <laughs> we've worked our asses off to bring this group together, to turn this franchise around and create an identity and create a culture that can carry us on into the future. The owner, Mark Davis, uh, has a lot of pride, man, in the history of this organization. And there's a saying around here, once a Raider, always a Raider. We are going to be physical. Most importantly, we're going to be smart and we're going to be relentless. You can lead the league in effort because it takes no talent. It's just a decision that you make. We have a chance to be one hell of a big story this year, man, if we put our heart and soul into this football team. We want to win and we want to win now. Knock on wood if you're with me, okay? He's our guy. But I'm going to tell you right now, because of this HBO special, he's going to be everybody's guy. (laughs) He is crazy. He's a crazy coach. He's got a crazy staff. I love the players. You ought to watch this special because it really opens up uh, Derek Carr and his family. And, you know, I would have to say, Derek, in the six years he's been a Raider, I have to use one word. I have to say it's kind of cheesy. He's a nice guy. He's not an evil guy, but he's a go-for-the-throat guy. And he's a good quarterback. I think he's going to show himself this season. Antonio Brown. Well, Antonio Brown, in a cryo chamber, burned his feet. Uh, If you haven't seen it, um, it's pretty nasty. I think they debreeded. It means they take the three layers of skin on the bottom of your feet, and they just take them off so they don't get infected. So, I believe that's been done. He's had trouble with his feet before the season started. I mean, this is probably one of those things that uh, players do to try to heal themselves in a more effective way. So, it's a bummer because when he was on the field in training camp, what a difference it is to have a number one. I forgot. Forgot what it was like. But, 
you know, the rest of the offense is looking pretty good too, folks. I mean, Hard Dogs gives you a real good look into the inside of the Raiders, where I wanted to go from the beginning of my show. I got close. I got into training camp. Randy and I went a few times. It was fun. Really good time. But, uh, you know, there's some characters. <laughs> there's some characters, and you just got to see them. Abrams is over the top. I love him. Reminds me of Charles Woodson. We got some go-getters, man. I'm feeling pretty good about the 2019 Raiders. The schedule blows. Incredible. Incognito was a great addition. If he can stay healthy, I think he'll really help the offense. Hey, Richie. You know Antonio Brown? Hey, what's up, new guy? Hey, welcome to the team, brother. Good to see you. Good to see you, baby. I can't, I can't even do it with all the tape on. <laughs> Everything taped. Everything's taped up. What the hell? How you feel? Yeah, I feel a lot better. Yeah, I feel a lot better. Good. Yeah, yeah. How you feeling? Yeah, I feel good, man. Blocking man is good. I'm grinding. Hell yeah. God, I see you moving people out of the way. Hell yeah. We're big as fuck up front. We're big as fuck. Huge ass line. Hell yeah. Trent's big as fuck. Those, those holes is wide open. Shit, I can run through that. <laughs> Don't give Gruden any yeah, ideas. Dude, yeah. No, we gotta let that fish fly. I know. Yeah. Good to have you back, bro. Hey, hey, man. Let's go. Uh, you know he's helping teach guys. I like it. You get the first day and pads out of the way, bang a little bit. Realize it's just just playing ball. Just football. Just playing ball. Get it together, right side. Over there sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> That's the big thing. Just get the knees bent, get the legs down, get them driving. Back to work, baby. Man, I've wanted Incognito since he got in trouble the first time. When they kicked him out of the Dolphins, I said, let's get him. Randy remembers. We should have had him all these years because he is a Raider, no doubt. Perhaps no one is under more scrutiny than Richie Incognito. He's a talent with a history, some of it ugly. He went unsigned in 2014 and quit the NFL altogether last year. Now he's unretired, but he'll start this season by serving a two-game suspension. He's also been to the Pro Bowl four times in the last five years he's played. This signing not really coming as too much of a surprise when you take a look at the needs that the team is addressing on that offensive line. When you bring in a guy like Richie Incognito, you're getting a veteran who has more than 10 years in the league, a presence who can deliver right away, even though he did miss last season. It's been a long journey to get here. And, um, you know, what I, what I do bring to the Raiders organization is the best version of myself right now. You've obviously seen I've had my setbacks, had some dark days, but I think when guys get around me, they see a something different than what they read in the headlines. And if you look at the HBO special, um, you'll see pictures of Napa Valley. And let me tell you, man, it is that beautiful, a more so. It's a beautiful place. So if you can go, you should go. Sonoma County is no joke either. It's beautiful as well. Good place to vacation. Just dropping that right there. The nice thing, too, about the HBO special, the autumn wind is a raider. It gives me chills still to this day to hear it. John Madden talks about a seven-man sled that he invented, by the way. 
that has become tradition with the Raiders ever since. Those championship teams. I think they got a good thing here in Oakland. I really think the team looks really good. Renfro, uh, there's a lot of surprises. There have been some guys cut, some guys added. A lot of bodies in camp. There'll be a lot of whittling down on this stick. I can tell you that. But I see some bright spots where I've seen dark spots for a long time. Um, I think Perfect was a was a perfect pick for this particular season. I think uh, we've got some really good tight ends that are going to be able to fill the void uh, that we lost from last season. And I think our wide receivers and our running backs are going to be much better because the offensive line will protect the quarterback better this year. A lot of high hopes for the Raiders. Like I said, man, you've got to get on in there and get that HBO working because it is the shit. If you want to watch the Raiders, find out what it's all about, find out what Gruden's like, coaches, the players, because this is camp. I tried to tell you this for years. <laughs> Describe it on the podcast. Now you get to see it in real life. It's funny, man. When, see, when Gruden says shit like, I don't believe in dreams. Hit the heart. In the old days, we'd practice in the afternoon two more times in pads. Nowadays, I get incarcerated for that. You with me? We come out here, we are ready to roll in the morning. We're going to take the training wheels off pretty soon, okay? Uh, last point I want to make. Everybody right now has dreams, don't they, guys? All right, everybody in the NFL, I have a dream of making it in the NFL. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore. Okay, I'm in the fucking nightmares. You guys with me on that? You got to end somebody's dream. You got to take their job. You got to take their heart. Are you guys clear about this NFL shit now? We're not trying to go to the Peach Bowl. We're not trying to go to the Gator Bowl or the Blue Bonnet Bowl. We're trying to go to the Super Bowl. That's the NFL, fellas. And that's exactly what it's like. I told you my buddy Gene Taylor, who was a wide receiver uh, in the NFL for five seasons, he told me what it was like, too. And then... It's so funny, they cut that guy on HBO. They put all his stuff in a nice little bag, now lying on bag, pack it neatly. Oh, no way, man. Well, back in the day, I'll say this. You just take a big oversized garbage bag, take it to your locker, and just throw everything in there, tie a big knot on it, and leave it in front of your locker. So when you got out done with practice, you'd go there, and they say, we want to see you and the playbook. Curtains, baby. Curtains. Trippy, though. Trippy. So that's the HBO thing. I think you all should watch it. It really is how it is, which is something I've always thought was what I wanted to bring. You know, I wanted to bring it to you guys in film or somehow because it is a crazy, insane, sometimes sensitive, sometimes rough, sometimes insensitive process. But, uh, it's really interesting, especially with our Raiders. I think um, this would be the best hard knocks ever because of our team and who's on it. So check it out. And that is about all I have to say about that. Raider Greg. Hi, my name is. Hi, my name is. Hi, my name is. Hi, my name is.
Raider Greg. That's some bad shit. Whatever. Slap a pad, partner. Rest in peace, Cliff Branch, number 21. Cliff's Corner at the Coliseum. Speedy, rocket-like receiver with hands of glue that drove three Super Bowls. This guy was magic. I'd have to say one of the best wide receivers. You know, there's a lot of that cliche, but I'll tell you right now, Cliff Branch was no joke. We all knew Cliff really well, and I was brokenhearted yeah. on Saturday to hurt a little of his passing. What I was told was he was at an autograph signing on Saturday, and he just didn't feel well, and he went back to rest, and he never woke up. And they think it was the yeah. heart. So do, do you have any more details on, on, the, on the profound loss of the great Cliff Branch, Paul? Yeah, no, nothing like that. I've heard the same thing. He was in Arizona at a, at a signing, and, and like you said, Greg, he just he went to sleep and didn't wake up, and, and it's heartbreaking. It was a, a punch to the gut, and, you know, from a personal perspective, you know, you, you, those lines between being a, a reporter and being, you know, liking somebody, you're on the beat, those lines sometimes get blurred, but with Cliff, it was it was direct all the time. I mean, he he really made you feel like you were the only person in the ring when you were talking to him, whether you were talking about the Raiders or whether you were talking about Super Bowl 15 or just how the family's doing. I mean, there's so many instances where you talk to Cliff where it just, he seemed like he was just a guy, one of the most humble superstars of his era, so to speak, that you could ever come across. First time I ever met him was in a Raider image store. I was in there doing some Christmas shopping for my family down on Hagenberger. And uh, there's a couple fans in there, and they started giving me a hard time about how negative I was, and I need to be more positive about the Raiders. And they turn and look at Cliff because he was doing a signing, and Cliff says, no, 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 no. Paul keeps it real. He tells it the way it is. He's objective. I like him. He came up, put his arm around me. And from that day on, Cliff and I had a, a unique friendship that I felt like I could call him whenever I needed to talk about something from the past, whether it was the Holy Roller or whether he would you know, talk about what Antonio Brown was going to bring to the team. So he spanned all of these generations uh, for Raider teams, uh, both as a player and as a personality and just as a person. And he also spanned the generations of Raiders owners. Uh, Mark Davis and yeah. Cliff were extremely close. In fact, Mark referred to him as his best friend. Yes. But Al Davis yeah. loved Cliff Branch. I mean, he loved, obviously, the vertical game and the deep ball. He loved Warren Wells, and his story is just entirely tragic it has not been told enough uh but right. cliff branch replaced him as the deep threat and just just speak to the, i mean they've obviously had a lot of heartaches losing losing snake uh and others recently clem daniels recently passed but this one for for mark davis i know really hits home because he was that close to cliff paul yeah and, and as, as mark himself said they were that was his best friend he's going to miss him and and you, they were inseparable i mean when, when Cliff lost his house in the Santa Rosa fires two years ago, first thing Mark did was grabbed him up. They went to Vegas. And they went to a Golden Knights game to keep his mind off of those types of things. Um, you know, and that's kind of the way that I describe Cliff was if it seemed like for the past 25, 30 years that Al Davis has been trying to find the next Cliff Branch, you're right, because he loved 
the vertical game so much with him as a defense. This guy that averaged 24 yards a catch in 1976. So it's just, again, the fact that he did not get in the Hall of Fame while he was still here to enjoy it is another one of those just great crimes, so to speak, of, of uh, the NFL. Um, but, yeah, it's it's tough. And, and Mark told me he served as his agent in 1979. That's why I asked him, well, how did no, negotiations go yeah. with your dad? Yeah. He said, well, I got kicked out of the house, and then Cliff catches two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, and I'm back in the family. So they've had this intertwined relationship forever. You know, my first thought, it's a little like Snake for me, and they just waited yeah. too damn long to put him in the Hall of Fame, and they finally put Kenny Stabler in after he was gone. Which was great for the you know the the grand snakes the grandkids and all that but it, it's right. for him you want to you want to go in while you're alive so do you yeah. think now since you are you know you know the team so well and you're also a member of the writing community you know the writers that will make this selection and they are going to expand the Hall of Fame class next year for the 100th uh, celebration of the NFL they're going to put as many as 20 in and, and 10 seniors will be in. Yeah. Do you think uh, in him passing away this this weekend, Paul? Do you think that will finally open it up for Cliff Branch to be into Canton? I, I think so, and not just because of that, but because I mean, days before he passed, the, I talked to a couple of committee members, and they had talked about Cliff already. So he was already going to be on the radar. I know the team was about to start a big campaign to get Cliff Branch there, and and if you look at it. Greg, it's kind of like with your former radio partner with, with Tom, Tom Flores. I mean, he's 81 himself, and, and they are going to put in two specific coaches, so that might help him as well to enjoy it while he's still here. Um, it's just you, you just hope that by doing this expanded Hall of Fame class that it kind of writes a few injustices along the way. Talking to Paul Gutierrez, of course, has covered the Raiders for a long time, of course, with ESPN, at P. Gutierrez, ESPN has penned a great piece on the passing of Cliff Branch. Just one more on him. The thing that I find to be so interesting, and you guys were just talking about it, he was the epitome of what the Raiders wanted in a receiver, but also it was the the saying of once a Raider, always a Raider, and I think he was yeah. the epitome of that as well, is that when when you thought of a guy who was Raider family, that was Cliff Branch. Absolutely. And then it goes no further than he was the owner's best friend. And yet he knew yeah, he was a Raider through and through, and, and he was excited about the move to Las Vegas, but he was also very cognizant of the feelings of those loyal fans in the East Bay and in the Bay Area and in Oakland in particular that, you know, it it really hurt him. And But at the same point, look, this is where it's got to go. Uh, this is where the stadium's going to be. This is the future of the team. And I know for a fact that he was already looking at plans to, to uh, build himself a house down there as well. So it's just just a very, very sad, uh, tragic situation. He, he did live a full life was always smiling anytime I talked to him or saw him. I texted him two days prior on his birthday mm. because he would send me random texts too. Mm. Happy Father's Day, things like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess Cliff and I, you know, we have our own relationship, professional and, and otherwise. And and uh, it just, it, it really was a punch to the gut to, to hear all that on Saturday night and to confirm it and then to sit down and have to write that story just really was, was heart aching. Yeah, I, could, I can see that 99-yarder against Washington. Jim Plunkett threw yes. it to him. That was Al Davis's favorite play. They were backed up right against their own goal line and went over the top for 99. Cliff frickin' Branch. 14 years as an Oakland Raider only. That's a strange, strange thing in the NFL these days. Branch was a slow starter. Didn't really turn on the burners till his third season. And then... It was on like Donkey Kong. (laughs) 
The receiver caught 73 postseason passes, 10th highest of all time. 501 catches for 8,681 yards and 67 touchdowns. He also finished his career with an average of 17.3 yards per catch because he was like a frickin' jackrabbit, man. He was so fast and elusive, and he caught some crazy passes. Just look at him on YouTube. You'll see how an insane catcher he was. He was crazy. When he was a young player, he would maybe in the third quarter say, hey, coach, I can beat my guy deep. And after he'd played for five or six years, the National Anthem just finished, and he was right next to me and said, coach, I can beat my guy deep. I said, Cliff, we haven't even played it down yet. How do you, how do you even know who your guy is? They were about first down. He's going to pass. He's got time. Throwing the ball for Branch. Branch down on the 35. Takes it in stride. The 30, 20, 10. Touchdown, Raiders. Stabler rises up and throws. Branch makes a touchdown catch, Raiders. Stabler play faking. Back to set up. Going deep to Branch again. He's got a step. Touchdown, Raiders. A 38-yard bomb from Stabler to Cliff Branch. Snake struck twice, once to Cliff Branch, whose style is a flash of light, a puff of smoke, and gone. the pass. Stabler after a fake has got time. He's throwing deep for Branch behind Taylor. He's got it at the 25, the 20, the 15. He's at the 10. Beers away. Touchdown Raiders! Then came time to remind pro football that the bomb is back in Oakland. Throwing a deep bomb. Going to Branch against Livers. Livers knocks it down. Branch catches it. Touchdown Raiders! Looking. Looking. Going to Branch. Wide open. Touchdown Raiders! Committed highway robbery without a gun. Second down, Stabler back to pass. Throwing a deep bomb. He's got Branch against Muncie. He makes a leaping, incredible catch. Gets up from the 28 and is run out of bounds on the 20 yard line. Holy Toledo. What a catch by Branch. Stabler back. He's going to pass. Looking one way. Comes back to the right. Throws to Branch on the two. Scrambles. Back pedaling, calling, strapping. Touchdown, Raiders. Time to throw. Deep to the end zone to Branch. It is caught by Branch. Touchdown, Raiders. Cliff Branch's second touchdown catch of the day. Punch it back. Throw it. Way up the field. Branch, plenty of room. Makes the catch at the 35. The 50. The 40. The 30. He's going all the way. 99 yards. Touchdown, Raiders. Holy Toledo. Cliff Branch, number 21, is a talkative little receiver with a gift of grass. And although he is 35 years old, he still had enough speed to beat both Anthony Washington and Darrell Green to the ball for a 50-yard gain for the race. Ken Stabler triggered the feared Raider bomb to number 21, Cliff Branch. He had great quarterbacks, however. Played in all three Super Bowls and wanted to be in the Hall of Fame. Was kind of pissed, really. I would be, too. 
with those numbers and those stats, it's probably just because he was a Raider. And probably, like I always say, if the Raiders aren't winning, then all those great Raiders like Flores and Plunkett, they just look get overlooked. So until the the team starts to win and all these names start to surface, um, we're going to have a hard time. Although I do think Branch will make it into the Hall of Fame next year. I just have a feeling he's going to get it done. It's a shame, again, that that had to happen that way. I had an interview with Branch. It was interesting. It was just at the 2006 season, <laughs> which was kind of a crazy, the I don't want to remember it season with Art Shell and Tom Walsh and flipping flapjacks out of his ass crack the bed and breakfast play caller. <laughs> Those of you who were there, who heard those shows, they were funny because it was easy to make fun of that staff. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast, and I am your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to show number 105. Wow, 105 shows. And also, welcome to our new rendition of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Thanks to Robert Moorhead, who had the great idea and started, started my mind rolling on this uh, because we've obviously made Tom Walsh the Scarecrow. Without a brain. Oh, I'm a failure because I haven't got a brain. Well, what would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... So let's go over the other cast of characters. Of course, we have Al Davis as the Wizard of Oz. I am Oz, the great and powerful Oz. And why is he the Wizard of Oz? Because he pulls all the strings. Nothing happens without the wizard. Hasn't for quite some time. Therefore, I say, anything that happens with his team ultimately ends up being in the lap of our Al Davis. Good, bad, or indifferent. I love Al Davis, but this these last four seasons now have been terribly mismanaged. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. So, wizard, please help us. I'm calling Shell the cowardly lion because he's cowardly because he doesn't set forth a pattern for the offense. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Shucks, folks, I'm speechless. He knows he's got his defense handled, and he's cowardly because he hasn't fired Tom Walsh, or he can't go out there and do it himself and fire Tom Walsh. Well, I think that's just cowardly. I like Shell. I think he's a great guy. He's got great character. Don't get me wrong, but I had to give him a character, so... Archell is the cowardly lion, just because he won't get rid of that scarecrow, Tom Walsh. And, of course, Amy Trask is Dorothy, and she is trying very hard to find the magic slippers. My, people come and go so quickly here. Yes, the ruby slippers, she can click three times and have the Raiders go to another Super Bowl. Close your eyes and tap your heels together three times. Let's hope that that happens. And the sports media... The sports media are the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> and you can throw in a couple of them flying monkeys as you're at it. 
because they're the wicked things that are happening. They're down on us. They've got their foot on our throat. We're not down. We are the Raider Nation. I just thought that was funny. Uh, Robert Moorhead, thank you for that idea. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that take because I had to let it out. Especially Tom Walsh as the scarecrow without a brain. That's the trouble. I can't make up my mind. That was nuts in those days. As a Raider fan, you must remember that painful season. (laughs) But I did an interview. Randy might put it on here. Raider Nation, I'm here with the legendary Cliff Branch, Oakland Raiders, 15 years, receiver, three Super Bowls, excellent. Mr. Branch, can you tell me, what do you think about the Raiders organization? Well, uh, first of all, let's start with Al Davis. Uh, Al Davis is a, a great owner. Uh, he's, a, he's a pioneer in professional football because you think he was a head coach. He's been general manager. He's been managing partner for a long time. And he's also been a commissioner of the OFL. And a lot of people don't know that if it wasn't for Al Davis when he was commissioner, he brought the NFL and the AFL together with the mergers. So he's been a pioneer, and he has a lot of respect from his players, and, and I thank the world of him. Do you remember when you were drafted by the Raiders? Yeah, 1972. I was the 98th player taken that year uh, in round four. Matter of fact, we had two players taken in the fourth round. Uh, I was a 98th player taken. Dave Dalby, who also has three Super Bowl rings was a 99th player taken. So that turned out to be a great year for the Raiders in 1972 draft because we had two dynamic players that played for a long time for the Raider organization. And you're talking about six Raiders that has uh, the three Super Bowl ring and me and Dave Dolph is one of the, uh, the two guys that do have uh, the Super Bowl rings. Well, that's incredible too because uh, the draft's a lot different now than it was back then. Uh, what are the things that you... What are the things that you see different in the draft today as, a, as a, compared to when you were drafted by the Raiders? Well, for, the biggest difference is they, they have, in 1972, they had 17 rounds. Today, they only have seven rounds. Uh, I got drafted in the fourth round in 1972, and I signed for $13 million signing bonus. If I was getting drafted in the fourth round today, I would be getting a half a million dollars. So, uh, big money difference, though, but... Uh, that's, that's the way uh, uh, sports in general, that's the way uh, life is in general. Economics is always progress. Okay. How about Aaron Brooks? What do you think about that, that pickup this season? I think he's got a lot to prove. I mean, you take two years ago when he threw 4,000 yards. Last year was a bad season for the, for the franchise of New Orleans because of the, the, the Hurricane Katrina thing. But getting him, he could throw the deep ball. Terry Collins can throw the deep ball. But Aaron Brooks can throw it. He has the longest arm in the National Football League. And he has a lot of mobility. And with that combination of having a great offensive line and the scheme that Tom West will create this year, it's going to be a phenomenal year for Aaron Brooks and Randall Moss. I do. I, I agree with you. I think Aaron Brooks is going to break out. He's in a new place. I think he's come home to Oakland. I don't think it's somewhere foreign. And I think he's going to do a great job. So what do you think about the DB? They got uh, Michael Huff um, coming out of Texas. He was drafted this year. 
Uh, they say he's uh, like Ronnie Lott or actually hits, hits like uh, Rod Woodson. Uh, do you think that's going to help us out? Do you think we should have gotten, gone more for defensive tackle instead? Well, uh, when you lose a guy like Charles Woodson and then you can pick up a guy named Huff, you know, he's a young, you know, and he's he, he going to get some real good experience. You think about our draft for the last three or four years, we had two defense backs in the first round last year, uh, in the first and second round. Uh, and then we got Nanami from Cal in the first round. And now getting tough, so I, I think we we building up that secondary, and you got the guy from Purdue that safety. So I think the the Raiders went in the right direction when you when you can get an athlete uh, from the from the national championship, a Huff who made a lot of big plays for the Longhorns last year. And I'm biased because I'm from Texas, and when Al Davis go to Texas and pick an athlete, they have always turned out successful. Me from Texas, Tim Brown from Texas, Warren Wells from Texas, and we can go on and on with. What Texas athletes coming from Texas playing for the Raiders have always had success. And this is going to be another guy that will have a lot of great success. That is most excellent. So tell me one, if, if, I, if you don't mind, what was the atmosphere in the locker room when you played the AFC West opponents? Which teams did you guys hate the most? Or well, they, everybody hated us. <laughs> you know, as John Madden used to say, we go on the road. The Raiders was the most boo team in the National Football League, and we loved it because when we, the teams of the 70s and the 80s were going to a visiting stadium, and they boo us, but we shut them up real quick, and we were very explosive, so uh, when you play in Denver twice a year, you play in Kansas City twice a year, San Diego twice a year, back when I played, I think our biggest rival was Kansas City Chiefs, because you didn't have Hank Stram, and I just came in, and, and Kansas City Chiefs and, and Oakland Raiders was always battling for the, for the number one spot to represent the division, and so it was always Kansas City. Then Denver came along, and then, uh, and then when you had Al Cariel and the San Diego Chargers, so division has always been packed. You know what I mean? The division still is tough, and but uh, the, the team of the '70s and '80s, we didn't have no fear. We 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 like taking on challenges, and, and and we we dominated those teams. So Kansas City. Which teams did you look across the field at and, and think this this is our competition? Was it the Steelers? Well, every, everybody you line up is, is, is competition because you, you got athletes going out to compete because anything can happen on any given day. But your opponents are confident, uh, confident and we're confident. And, and sometimes our confidence overshadowed their confidence because we always came out on top. Well, right on. Well, Cliff Branch, thank you very much for uh, interviewing with me, Raider Nation Podcast, Raider Greg here. And I appreciate so much the opportunity just to be in your presence, sir. It's an honor and a pleasure. Greg, Greg thanks a lot, and I hope to be on your show in the, in the future. And to the fans out there that listen to you and watch your thing, I think it's a beautiful thing you're doing, and I continue to have success. And you keep the Raider fans and all over the United States and all over the world informed of Raider Nation, baby. Raider Nation. Thank you, my friend. You got God bless it, you. Uh, Branch was a real nice guy. I always smiled. Very, very, very nice guy. And he was a very close friend of Mark Davis. I feel sorry for Mark in this regard because he really did lose a very close friend. All right. Well, let's hit the bone line. And uh, see who's there. I'm sure there's a million calls from a million years ago. But we're going to go for it. Uh, what the hell? Better late than never is the name of this show, and we're following that to the very end. 
So let's get to the better late than never bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. And yes, I did fix that son of a gun so that uh, you can call and put a call in. Uh, funny that those guys that use I used that service through are in Denver. So you know they're Bronco fans, and I give them shit every time I have to call for technical difficulties. <laughs> it's pretty funny. They know Raider Greg. All right, let's see who's on the bone line. So our first caller is my very good brother. Trust me on this one. Raider Malik from Tucson, Arizona. What is up, my wise brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Malik from Tucson. Been a long time. Just been following in the outskirts, just looking at things happening. Let's get to it. Got to make it quick. Uh, Antonio Brown, love it. Finally, we got a big-time receiver. No excuses for Carr. None. I mean, unless they just have some really bad scheme or something, I don't see that it's going to happen. Yeah, he's got to get him the ball, and that really should open things up, especially since we got Tyrell Williams. I think that was a great, a great signing, man. Not enough people are talking about that. That's really going to open up the passing game even more. He's definitely dependable. He's talented. He's young. He's got a lot of potential right now, and uh, I'm really glad they picked him up. Uh, getting to the draft, you know, just like everybody else, that first pick with, with Pharrell or Farrell, uh, I was flabbergasted. You know, I I didn't see that happening. But I really wasn't high on Jacobs, to tell the truth. Uh, I felt like a lot of times people overlooked his, his flaws, like uh, some of his passing coverage. A lot of the highlights they showed, it was him just coming in untouched. So, I don't know. I, I, I really wanted Quinton Williams. Uh, I thought that made total sense. But it made sense to get Farrell the way they did because, it's, you know, they, they liked him. They tried to trade down, supposedly, to, to, to get him. Uh, they were getting low balls, so they had to do what they had to do. They went with their conviction, and I'll take it, you know. Uh, and then to follow up with Jacobs, Alabama, Abram, Mullen, Crosby. I mean, you really can't complain. Those are some good picks, man. You know, I'm happy about Jacobs. Uh, I know they signed Crowell, and I guess he got hurt. I wasn't crazy about Crowell anyway. I mean, he's got some talent, but a lot of times, you know, he's hurt, man, and Case in point this year. Uh, let's not sleep on Chris Warren, by the way. Chris Warren the third. The guy was a stud when he was playing in that preseason before he got hurt. We have no idea how good he could be. Uh, I was concerned when Lynch was there that he might have been clogging the lane for him to get in there. Now that Lynch is retired, thank you very much, Lynch. You're the, you're the man. Uh, I think the, the sky's the limit with him. So if he comes back healthy, to come with him, Jacobs, and Richard, man, that's that's a group, you know. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I love the two late picks with Hunter Renfro and Bell. Bell is just raw. He has, you know, he could be, he could be awesome. And Renfro, my God, I mean, he could be, he could be that playmaker. You know, I, I guess they're talking about, you know, comparing him to Edelman or uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name from Green Bay. Can remember the other guy from Green Bay? But uh, yeah, I mean. I love Renfro, and I understand that the wide receiving core is getting pretty crowded. That's fine. We'll just have to weed out the bad ones and get rid of them. You know, Seth Rock. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Malik from Tucson Part 2. Looks like I got cut off with the uh, 
phone line. I thought I had a minute left, so I'm getting one one last minute. Uh, like I said about Renfro, I love Renfro. Uh, I definitely like uh, the Trent Brown signing. I don't know if I would have signed him for that much, but I'll always take an offensive lineman. Uh, and the other thing, too, I just wanted to make sure that I gave props to, to Sebastian Janikowski. I mean, the guy was a Raider, and he did some great things for us, probably one of the greatest of all time. He's definitely going to Hall of Fame. Just wanted to give him props on that and just want to say glad the podcast is going strong, and I will definitely be calling again. I'm going to get off my ass and make sure I try to check this every week. All right, so thanks a lot. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Raider Malice from Tucson saying peace. Well, that was a great call, brother. It was a really great call because I agree with everything he said. And now seeing them in person and seeing how hard they work and seeing how the team is now actually kind of complete. Last year's team was just jacked up. But it looks like there's a heart and soul beating in this Raider team. And I think these young guys, Abram's a beast. There's, <laughs> there's a lot to see, a lot to appreciate. We'll see. Renfro, I'm telling you, man, he's like a he's like a Cliff Branch kind of guy. He's sketchy, twitchy. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a fun year to see the transition. Too bad the schedule blows us because it does. And uh, you know these guys are going to be on the road half their life this season. But let's see how what happens uh, next year. It'll be much better because they won't have to go very far. Uh, no, they're going to be going to Vegas. And from there, they'll travel, too. But it should be a better schedule, I am hoping. So uh, good call, brother. I agree with the draft class. They're awesome. And our next caller is Ruben from North Carolina. What is going on, my brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Nation. This is uh, Ruben calling from North Carolina. Um, Just calling in to talk about the signing of Richie Incognito. I'm happy with the signing. You know, he's a he's a big guy. I was uh, able to see see him play against the Raiders a couple of years ago up in Buffalo, and I'll never forget. You know, the, this memory's burned. This this image is burning my memory forever. And it's watching Incognito come out of the locker room at halftime and seeing a man that size move so easily. I mean, he came out jogging out to the field, and I was just like, holy crap. That guy is, is no joke. So um, I'm happy with the pick. Hopefully he's healthy away, a year away from football. Mentally, he's in it to play. You know, hopefully he's, uh, his schools are tightened up a little bit, you know, although, you know, you never know with guys like him. So hopefully things have turned out pretty good. I know it's only on a one-year deal. There's a possible four-game suspension. But um, I don't know. I'm happy with all the things going on, Greg, and, Incognito and this this coming season's uh, team. Um, I'm really excited for it. It seems like we got a, a bunch of thieves, just the choir boys on this team. Hopefully, the whole team plays that way. I'm, I'm hoping to rob some victories of some some unsuspecting teams this year. So I'm excited for it. You know, we're almost in June, a month away from training camp beginning. So. I'm ready. I'm ready for the season to start, and uh, I hope the rest of the Raider Nation is uh, is too. So uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. I said, hell yeah, Ryan Incognito. I've been saying it for a long time. When he got in trouble uh, when he was on the uh, the Dolphins, 
Yeah, let me tell you, man, as soon as he got kicked off the team, I was like, Randy remembers because I wanted him on the Raiders. He was a perfect Raider. He's a perfect Raider. He fits right in. He's a freaking monster. And if you haven't seen him, you'll see him on the field Saturday, and he is huge. And he's fast. Our offensive line should be pretty freaking awesome. Well, let's hope nobody gets hurt, but I'm looking forward to this season too, bro. I got a lot of positive vibe. I think there's lots going to change. We're going to make some uh, real improvements this year, uh, and we're going to be fun to watch. That's what I think, too. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Runner Faye from L.A., Los Angeles. I love it, brah. What's happening? Hey, what's going on? It's Raider E.D., the Raider Faye from L.A., uh, just want to weigh in, haven't called in in a while. Uh, happy about the draft. Glad, glad we got some good players. Glad the draft is going to be in Vegas next year. Last year in Oakland, you know, what can I say, man? I'm a, I'm a diehard Raider fan, and to me, it's been nothing but a sheer, hellish, nightmarish disaster the moment the Raiders left L.A. back to Oakland. Only three winning seasons since they've been back in Oakland. And then went back to a refurbished stadium, not a brand new stadium. And why does my team, three times Super Bowl champion Raiders, are playing on a baseball diamond? Unacceptable, fucked up bullshit. It's time to get the fuck out of there. Now, I would mind the Raiders staying in Oakland if they were going to a nice, brand new, shiny, state of the art facility like they got in Detroit, like they got in Minnesota, like they got in. Atlanta, like they got in Tampa Bay, these teams never even won a goddamn Super Bowl, and they play in these nice, sunny, state-of-the-art palaces. And here we are playing in this fucking toilet bowl, unfucking acceptable. I'm so glad we're going to Vegas. I wish they were coming to L.A., but Vegas is the next best thing. It's time for us to, to turn a new leaf. I can't wait for this to get going in Vegas. This is going to be a great thing for the NFL and for the Raider Nation and for me. Just wanted to weigh in on that. Go Raiders. Hope the season goes good. And we, you know, end this year in Oakland on the Super Bowl. That'd be great. Then we get the fuck out of there. All right. Just weighing in on there. Then you know what's up. ED, the Raider Fiend from L.A. Out. Okay, okay, okay. I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I hate I hate that baseball diamond too because I've been sitting there watching it for fourteen seasons. Yeah, it's a real crap hole. Yep, it's the penitentiary of stadiums that I've been going to for fourteen years. Yeah, it's you know there's a lot that that's that you can uh, take away from it as far as how it looks and the toilets and the vendors and all that stuff. But bro, it's where the Oakland Raiders started. It's the beginning, and I imagine you've been. So don't even sit there and tell me that you didn't have a fucking good time, bro. Because the Coliseum grounds, which will be turned into some kind of market or whatever the fuck they do with it, they're hollow grounds, bro. My family and countless other families, man, I'll just talk about me. My kids have had birthdays, we have Christmases, Halloweens, you name it, man. You name it, and it's going down in Oaktown every Sunday. Sometimes Monday, sometimes Thursday. But yes, it's time to move on to a state-of-the-art stadium. I agree, it's going to be great for the team, and it's going to be great for moving forward. The Raiders are going to do much better there, I'm sure. 
It's way better to be stable in some place for a long time. I agree. But a uh, little harsh on the old Coliseum, my friend. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of good memories in that shithole, faux show. Our next caller is my very good friend. I love this guy. I love his, <laughs> I just love who he is. It's Raider Steve in Vegas. Solid, good man. A great fan. Family of fans. So, what's happening there, Steve? Hey, Raider Greg. This is Raider Steve in Vegas. I'm very sad to say that my dad passed away three or four days ago. And uh, I just wanted to share some things about what a passionate Raider fan he was. I remember as a kid, um, him telling me about the Heidi game, his hatred for the Broncos because the Orange Crush, they won a fluke game, <laughs> according to him, and it should have been the Raiders in Dallas in the Super Bowl. Uh, he cried when Gruden became coach again because he believed him as much as I did. And, you know, of course I did because I grew up watching Gruden and, uh, you know, things got better with him. And um, anyway, I'm really disappointed I didn't get to watch a championship with my dad, as I'm sure several other Raider fans are. We bought him a season ticket uh, in Vegas when they move here, and he'll never get to sit in it, but it's okay because it's going to stand in memoriam for him. And, um, man, it sucks. I really want to watch a championship with my dad. But it'll be just as sweet when I pour one out when we win one in the next two or three years. Anyway, this is for you, Dad. Uh, love you. Love the Raider Nation. And this is for all the people that didn't get to watch the championship with their family. I love you all, and go Raiders. Wow. I am so, so sad, bro. That is very, very sad. My heart goes out to you, and I'm sure all these guys that have heard you, have been part of our show, totally feel the same. You know, there's nothing like losing your dad. It's a brutal life lesson everyone has to go through, and um, it ain't easy. It's a life-changing moment, I must say. My heart and prayers go to you and your family. And uh, your father, who instilled in you the finest team in the NFL. He gave you the seed like I did to my kids. <laughs> he seeded you with silver and black, and there you are. And your family, all of you, touched again by the silver and black. Crazy, crazy. My condolences, please uh, send those to your family as well. Uh, God bless you, brother. I hope to see you soon, though, however. God bless you, Steve. And our next caller is Johnny Utah. And I know you guys have been having trouble with my damn phone. Uh, those Bronco fans, I'm sure they're doing something. But uh, it should be fixed. So I'm sorry about that. What's going on, bro? Hey, Johnny Utah again. I cut off. Um, Anyway, I want to talk about a few things. Uh, when we signed AB, I was against that at first, but I think I came around, especially after uh, seeing the chemistry have a car and all the efforts like he's making and then hearing some things that it was a lot of the uh, issues were 
with Big Ben. So, you know, I came around A.B. and thought, okay, this is going to be good for Raiders, and they're, they're going to do great. Then I was totally against the perfect uh, getting signed, and but I kind of went, eh, okay, so you have this guy, he's had some issues, and he's kind of cheap, and, and maybe he can be like Raiders of old and, and you know, keep him under control, and, and he can do some good stuff. Then we got an incognito, and, you know, I, I was so against incognito, still I am. I mean, this guy's like next level crazy. He's just insane. And, and I don't know if it's Gruden's ego thinking that he can control him or, or what. And I'm a big Gruden guy. I love Gruden, but, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I guess we're going to sit back, grab some popcorn and watch the show and see what happens. And, and I'm really hoping for eight and eight, uh, nine and seven, but with the schedule and, and bring this toxicity in the locker room, I'm not sure about, it. I guess we'll find out what happens. I'm going to the first game. Uh, I'm going to be there opening night against the Bronco Hose. So I'm excited. I hope they at least win that one for me. Well, love you, brother. Love you, Raider Nation. I'm out. We love you too, brother. Trust me. Um, thank you for calling, first of all. And I think all those signings are perfect. Have you looked at Chucky's face? Have you seen the scowl that that guy puts on people? I think that scowl says everything about Vontez perfect. And it certainly says a lot about Richie incognito, psycho lineman. I think this is part of an element that he wants in the locker room. He wants guys that are over the top crazy. Um, I think it's good, too. I think it's good to be able to let it go that far. Very much so. So I don't, I don't have any disagreement. And if the locker room blows up, that's cool because we're on a terrible schedule. It's going to be a horrible schedule this year, hard for the team. We'll see what happens, but I'm really looking forward to next year because I think this year we'll see a huge leap forward, bro, a huge leap. And good for you. I hope we kick the Broncos' ass. I think we will. I think we'll destroy the Broncos for real and in quick order. We'll kick their ass in short order. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller needs no introduction because he is the Prez from Memphis, Tennessee. What's happening, my brother? I love it. Thanks for calling. What's up? Raider Nation, this is the Prez. Salute to Raider Nation. Salute to Raider Greg. And Raider Randy. This is the Prez checking in. We already know not too much is happening in the Raider Nation as always. But the good news is, upon observing the tabloids and just reading some of the videos, we're looking pretty good. It appears that we have, um, on paper, we look pretty decent. And, you know, I'm optimistic, but the fact that we I usually hate this time of the year because it's so dry and like pulling teeth and not very much to talk about. You know, we made, you know, um, signings and stuff like that and we're willing and dealing. I do think that there's another free agency wave that probably come, but, you know, we might have all we need to have. But for the most part of it, though, I hope everybody's enjoying the time off. I know you can't wait to get to that TV and look and see that silver and black. I'm praying that we don't get hard knocks. But then again, I'm 50-50 I'm with it. I hope we get it out the way. 
so it won't be a distraction. But my gut feeling says that they're probably going to wait to Las Vegas for more exciting and more, you know, ratings and all that hoopla that goes with it. So I hope you guys are having a good one. Enjoy your summer. I'm bored as hell. <laughs> I like to read the Raider stuff and work on this boat. But I'll be in Cali. I can't wait. I'll be there for weeks one and two for the opener. And as Raider Greg would say, man, oh, man, I hope we put it to those guys. Take care. This is the prayer saying, Raiders. I'm out. Very nice. Yeah, you know what? That summertime just what there was a, a time there. I was fishing like a wild man, I gotta tell you. I was on my boat pulling bass over the edge. We were having bass dinners every week. Had some tonight, by the way. <laughs> I love to fish, but I love my raiders. And they are doing hard knocks. And I, I hope you're able to watch it. Because it's the shit. And you're going to see a whole bunch more. Like I always, like I've been saying, you'd see what I wanted you guys to hear from me. And I try to describe it. And I'm glad you can see it for yourself. Good for you, brother. I'm sure you're getting pumped up because we're almost there. We're very close. And our team's going to be way better. Thanks for the call, Prez. Well, Raider Malik is coming back in for another take. So what's happening, brother? Malik from Tucson again, got cut off. Man, the answering system is no joke, so I'm going to keep it short. Got to go. Uh, just got to say again, excited for the next season. Really looking forward to it. I'm going to do my damnedest to get up to Oakland and try to make it happen and finally get to, to the stadium I've never been to to see a game. So that would be phenomenal if I did make it up. I will definitely try to find you and uh, hook up and just finally get to shake your hand, man. That would be really a great honor. So. I uh, just wanted to say that. Let me get off the phone. Let somebody else call. Uh, take care. Have a great day. Raider Nation, love you all. Peace. Yeah, that's well said, too, because I couldn't say it better myself. And it's the beginning of the year, so listen, man. Everyone, anyone who can hear this voice, it is the last year of the Coliseum. Now, I've been going for years. I'm not going this season. I'm kind of protesting a little, to be quite honest. But if you haven't gone, you got to go. If you can try to go, you got to go. You got to see it. And, you know, that guy from L.A., he's not going to go. Maybe he will go. But you should go because there's nothing like it. <laughs> It's not fancy. No, it ain't. It's not going to be near as fancy. But let me tell you, the heart and soul of the Raiders will always be in that parking lot. I don't give a shit what anybody says because that's the truth. Look it up. And now the Prez comes back. It's been a while. See, I haven't done a show in a long time. Longest time in between shows ever in this podcast. I know. I know. I know, I know, I know. So here we go. It's the Prez. He's got something to say. And we got to listen. Raider Nation, this is the Prez. And I hope I am coming in clear. I'm on the boat. 
Lo and behold, preseason is almost here. First and foremost, let me salute the Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and the Raider Nation. I bring back to you a good cheer. We look promising. These young men we have that we picked out, we're going to get a chance to see them on HBO Hard Nuts. Now, I know everybody's not happy about it, but I, for one, am. Let's get it out the way. We in Oakland for one last year, unfortunately. I hope we get another year. But I kind of want to see what we got going on. Yeah, it might be a little distraction, but let's just go ahead and get it out the way because it's going to happen one way or another, okay? But on the better note, man, next month, kickoff. I'll be there, God's willing, which I know I pray he is. I'll be there for the home opener. I'll be there for week two. I'll get a chance to once again redeem myself to say Raiders and find that Raider grade once and for all. For five years now, <laughs> I've been trying to hunt this guy down. We're going to shake hands one day before we leave Oakland. And the bad boys of barbecue, if you're listening, find it in your heart to sort of come on back there. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about, you know, this move and stuff like that. But we got to give it one more last hurrah. As far as uh, free agencies or whatnot, we're pretty okay. Uh, some interesting guys. But the hard knocks will give us a chance to expose and look a little bit more. That's the part I do like about it because I don't have to rely so much on the Internet for snippets and, you know, video that shows guys hitting them, dummies and stuff like that. You get a chance to get a more personal look and kind of like analyze them, you know. But with that being said, Raider Nation, it's been wonderful. I'm doing my duty on the boat. I have uh, two and a half more weeks left. And we got the preseason game on my birthday, August 15th against the, the Cardinals. Until then, this is the press shouting loud and proud. Raiders. Have a good day. Thank you for the call, brother. And like I said before, if you haven't been, you got to go. And he's coming back. Why? Because it's the last year. It's the last year. I'm telling you, man, it's a crazy thing ever. We've had some wonderful times in that place. It's going to be sad to see it go. But this will be a good year. You can make it. Get your ass in a seat. Watch a game with the Raider Nation. And last but not least, Raider Steve from Richmond, Virginia. What's going on there, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Nation. Hey, this is Raider Steve, Richmond, VA. Hey, man. Checking every week a couple times. Haven't seen a new podcast in a couple weeks. Hope everything's good on your end. Watching training camp. Uh, you know, everybody's a little curious about what's up with uh, Antonio's feet, but we're going to get around to fixing that. Anyway, man, I'm starting to feel pretty optimistic. Um, hoping you are, too. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Get some uh, some more of your insight and later commentary. And um, I'll be looking for that next podcast soon. Out. Well, Raider Nation, that is it for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. It's been a long time, I know. And I am sorry for that kind of sort of. I've had a free summer. It's been kind of nice. Team's been going through a lot of changes. But in reality, here it is. Hard Knocks. Like I said before, we'll be following that show 
So every week on Tuesday, they put out a show. So after Tuesday, I'll be throwing my own show out just to comment on what we've seen that week. What do you think about that? Pretty damn cool, I think. So we're going to go through that through the rest of the season, as well as games and pre-games and all the regular stuff. So please keep in touch. Get on the bone line. Throw us a bone. It's fixed for crying out loud. And, um, and it should be a great season, man. I'm freaking excited. And I am Raider Craig. And I am out.